Good morning, KVC. Welcome to our online gathering. Uh, we're glad you chose to be a part of our gathering today. Uh, whether you've been a member of KVC for a long time or you're just visiting and checking us out online, we're glad you're here with us. We also, if you are visiting, have a Connect card and you can go on, fill that out and you learn a little bit more about us and we learn a little bit more about you. But welcome, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I'm excited to share today. Uh, we've been on the series of the Holy Spirit and uh, what God's Word says about the Holy Spirit. Many times we minimize the Holy Spirit. We have the Father, we have the Son, and oh yeah, there's this guy named the Holy Spirit over there. But he's active, as we've seen through Scripture, even from the very beginning, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were active in creating and speaking the universe into existence. So, so we started last week talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, I want to say this so everybody understands. These are not natural gifts. It's like someone has a natural bent towards these. They are, these are supernatural gifts from the Holy Spirit that's given to you and I to the body of Christ so that the church may be edified and built up and also as a way of signs, wonders, and miracles through the working of these gifts so that unbelievers may come to Jesus Christ. So it is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in our lives filling us and utilizing these free gifts to you and I to use for his glory and his honor and to advance his kingdom. So last week, uh, Patrick began on the revelatory gifts. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, there are nine gifts of the Spirit, and they're broken down three, three, three. The revelatory gifts are word of knowledge, word of wisdom, and discerning of spirits. These are gifts that God gives us as where we can see what, God's is, what God is doing. They're also sometimes called the eyes of God. This is where he gives us uh, wisdom to see from his view the situation or circumstance, supernatural wisdom, not earthly wisdom, a word of knowledge like Jesus at the well uh, where the woman, he says, well, you know, the guy you're living with is not your husband and you've had X amount of guys so far. And she said, wow, I perceive you're a prophet. How did he get that? That was a word of knowledge God gave him to reveal in the situation and, just, and circumstance. Discerning of spirits is being able to go into a situation and circumstance and see not just in our natural senses, but supernaturally discern that this is demonic or that it's angelic, that God's at work here and we're able to discern those spirits. The one that I'm going to talk about today is the power gifts. And this is the hand of God. This is faith, miraculous powers, and gifts of healing. And then next week is the utterance gifts. And that is the speech, the mouth of God, where we have 
tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Now, in all these, there's been uh, a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of disagreement. Uh, some on one side believe all these gifts are available. Some on the other side believe that they are, have ceased with the ending of the apostles. Whichever side you're on, all I want us to do is look at God's word. I believe that the gifts are available for today, but I do believe there has been great abuse and misuse of those gifts. I believe the, the enemy, the devil, has counterfeited these gifts. But here's what I want to bring to you. You cannot have counterfeit if you don't have real. And so I believe God is wanting us as a body of Christ to be awakened to the gifts of the Spirit and their uses today and to use them for His purposes, not man's purposes. Even the church has abused these gifts. We've made it about the gifts instead of about the Savior. You know, the manifestations of the Spirit through the gifts of the Spirit uh, through the gifts of the Spirit are to point us to Jesus always, not the manifestations. Not so we can gloat in the gifts in, in the body of Christ, but so that we might brag about our Savior Jesus. So whichever side you're on, I just ask you to have open ears and uh, as we open God's Word and see what it says. So we want to talk uh, about that. Now, there's different views and beliefs about that, what I was saying even now. But some believe that you get one gift out of 1 Corinthians 12, and that's your gift for the rest of your life. That's it. If it's a word of knowledge, that's all you have. You don't have, you can never access the other eight. That's it. Another one is that they have taught that you have to tarry, fast, pray, weep, well, for days and days and days and days and days. And then maybe God may hear your prayers and answer you. But I want to remind you, these are called gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. You don't have to tarry. Matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 14 says, I, I pray that you eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. So Paul's saying, Desire the gifts. There's nothing wrong with desiring these spiritual gifts. And then there's another belief that you have to be super spiritual to operate in these gifts. Again, that's not a truth. These are gifts. God gives it to his sons and daughters, and he gives it to you as a gift. As a matter of fact, I know many people that operate in the gifts of the Spirit that are not mature in Christ. Matter of fact, they're very immature. So it's not even about maturity. It's not about how spiritual you are. It's God says, I'm giving you gifts, and will you use them? Another one is that the gifts are no longer available. Um, and so we need to look at that. Again, that has divided the church throughout church history, but our focus needs to be on Jesus. You may uh, disagree with my stance on the gift, and that's okay. We are still brothers and sisters in Christ. We are still united by the blood of Christ, and we walk forward advancing the kingdom of God. 
And so Colossians 2 says that we've been made complete in him. I personally believe that when I became a Christian, I got everything I needed for life and godliness. First Peter tells us that. Also, or I'm sorry, 2 Peter, 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says, we've been baptized into one body by one spirit. When I became a believer, I got all of the Holy Spirit. I didn't get junior Holy Spirit because I was eight years of age. I got all of the Holy Spirit. I got all the gifts that were available to me. Now, here's the thing. Paul says in Corinthians, do all speak in tongues? It's a rhetorical question. The answer is obviously no, not everybody does. Do, does everyone prophesy? The answer to that is obviously no, but the ability and availability to speak in tongues or to prophesy is there to every believer. Every son's and, son and daughter has that option before them. 1 Corinthians 1.7, Paul says to the Corinthians, he says, Therefore you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await for our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. It's the same for us as believers. We don't lack any spiritual gift. It's available to us as we follow Christ. Now the revelatory gifts again are the eyes of God. These gifts are supernatural and they give us insight to see into the things of God that we wouldn't normally see in the natural. He gives us insight into circumstances and people and situations. I remember John Wimber telling the story of being on an airplane and uh, he was tired. He didn't really want to even talk to anybody. And he looks across the aisle at this guy. And on his forehead was the word adultery. And of course, he said, oh, no, Lord, I'm tired. And it, what ended up, he didn't just come out and say, you're an adulterer. See, here's the thing. When we're immature in our faith and God begins to give us these gifts, we want to blurt it out. But sometimes God gives us a word of knowledge for us to go back into our prayer closet or discernment or word of knowledge because it's not the season or time to reveal that word. Now on the plane, John began to talk to this guy and the guy ended up confessing, giving his life to Christ. But as we grow in these gifts, we will know how to handle God's information and when to speak it, but when to be silent. Because sometimes God gives us these gifts for us just to pray. It's not about us looking spiritual and saying, see, I told you, I knew that. But it's about hearing God's voice and when to give that word. The power gifts are the hand of God. Again, they're supernatural gifts that God gives us for moments of faith, miraculous powers, not of our ability, not because we conjure it up or we crank the music up and we yell louder. Matter of fact, you know, many times we think the louder we yell, the more God's going to respond. First of all, God's not deaf. And us yelling or getting louder doesn't evoke the anointing of God. Matter of fact, sometimes in a whisper, 
there is great power. And then the utterance gift is the mouth of God. We have to speak this forth. And that is through tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Now, later on, we're going to get into Ephesians 4, the fivefold ministry. And there's been great abuse and great misunderstanding concerning the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, especially in the area of prophecy. Um, been a great abuse, great misunderstanding, uh, abuse by pastors and leaders in utilizing these gifts. So we even want to look how that operates. But for now, the gift of prophecy is for you and I, sons and daughters, where we may prophesy, as 1 Corinthians 14 says, for strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. And some translations say edification. There's a purpose behind the prophecy. And then with prophets, we have Old Testament prophet. Is it the same as today what we see? We'll look at all that, but that's for later. But let's look at the power gift. First of all, faith. Faith is a confidence in God, his character and nature. It's a confidence that his word is alive and active, Hebrews 4, sharper than any two-edged sword. That his word is able to go and penetrate joints, morrows, even judging the intents and thoughts of our heart. It's that faith that God gives us in a transrational action. Transrational, it's not by our rational mind, but it goes past our mind. It goes past what is logical to what even doesn't make sense in the natural. Hebrews 11 one says, faith is confidence in what we hope for. What we hope for and our hope is in God because he's the God of hope, Romans 15.13 said. Our hope is in the assurance of God's word that it's a more sure word. It says this confidence of what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Just like Hebrews 11 is the heroes chapter, they had the promise, but yet they, they saw it from a distance. But the promise was real. The promise was Jesus. It was fulfilled, even though they didn't see it. And it's like the illustration I, I thought of in this. Transrational, it just doesn't, didn't make sense as Pam and I come into Kenya. Um, when I was coming here to Kenya and Rwanda to do pastor training in both places, I'd begun a conversation with KVC and they said, well, would you be willing to stay five days longer and preach on that Sunday and also, um, meet with our leaders, elders, and some of the other leaders in the body? I said, sure, that'd be great. So Pam wasn't with me on this trip, but I came, did the Rwanda, Kenya, and then afterwards met. And uh, something happened. There was one meeting at uh, Java Junction. I was meeting with the elders and we were talking. And in my spirit, I felt the Lord say, you're moving to Kenya. Now this was the very, First, it was the second meeting with um, these elders. And um, 
So after every meeting, I would call Pam and she'd say, how are you? How was it? What do you think? And after that meeting, I remember calling her and I said, you know, I still need to pray. We need to pray. But I think we're moving to Kenya. And something inside of me, faith rose up to believe. Now, uh, moving forward, um, I didn't hear anything for quite a while. And so I just assumed that they had found somebody else and um, come to find out later that I didn't even make the cut. My CV wasn't even on the list of CVs they were looking at. One of the elders said, I think you need to take a look at this guy's CV. So they looked at it. I got, uh, I did a couple of Skype calls uh, with Andrew and then I did about a two hour Skype call with Simon Lee and Babu Omida and went good. Still didn't hear anything. And then long story short, there were some mix ups, misunderstandings. And they said, well, we're releasing you guys. We're going to continue looking. And i got to be honest, Pam and I was crushed because in our spirit, by that time, Pam and I both knew that, that God was leading us here. And by faith, we knew, we saw ourselves in Kenya. We didn't have all the answers, but faith rose up in a transrational way. It didn't make sense. Number one, because of my age. Number two, because of what I was doing with Nehemiah ministry. And number three, just selling everything and moving across the world um, to Kenya. But God prevailed and, and at the end of it, uh, Patrick Mbugua called us, I think it was on Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, and offered us that job. And now we've been here almost three years. It didn't make sense in the natural, and the enemy was working overtime, but God rose faith up in us to believe uh, when all kinds of opposition was coming. And it's the same way with you. With this, the gift of faith, when the world says no, God's saying yes. When the world says it can't be done, God says nothing with me is impossible. And faith rises up when it doesn't make any sense, when we can't see it, when we don't fully understand it, but we take one step forward to trust him. And there's, there's a number of kinds of faith that we look at in the New Testament. Pistis is the Greek word for faith. There's the uh, faith that can mean a body of truth from which we, get a, we use the word doctrine. Um, Ephesians 4.13, 1 Timothy 6.20 20 and 21 and Jude 3. There's the faith that's a basic trust in God for your salvation and my salvation. Ephesians 2 says, For it is by grace that you've been saved through faith. There's that word faith, a trusting in God's word and who Jesus is and what he did for us. Faith can be a loyalty shown to the Spirit. Galatians 5.22, the gifts or the fruit of the Spirit. That's a continual working of faith and allowing God to develop those fruits in our life. 
But faith can also be that mountain moving belief that when you look at that mountain and have a faith of a mustard seed, you can say, be cast into the sea. Jesus and Paul talked about that faith in Matthew chapter 17 and also Matthew 21. And Paul talked about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. There is this faith that goes transrational. It goes against logic. It goes against anything that we've been taught in this world. But we have to understand that God's kingdom is not man's kingdom. It's the kingdom of heaven. And that is totally different than the kingdom of this earth. Next, we have gifts of healing. You know, uh, the gifts of healing is the actual event when someone gets healed. Now, when I grew up, our church never talked about praying for people to be healed. Matter of fact, we didn't talk much about the Holy Spirit, only in the context of salvation. But the Holy Spirit is active in bringing healing to people's lives, healing supernaturally, through doctors, through medicine, many different ways. And the gifts of healing, it's plural. Just as there's many illnesses, there are many gifts of healing that can operate in bringing restoration and healing to people's body. In the Greek, there's two words. And the word, first one is therapeo, from which we get our word therapeutic. And it translates, means to heal and, and cure. Many times, especially in NIV, both of these words will be used in one of those stories. That Jesus healed, the disciples healed, and that person was cured. Same word. The other one is Iomai, and this word is translated again, meaning to heal and to cure. Paul uses it three times in chapter 12. He uses it in verse 9, 28, and 30. And then he doesn't use that Greek word any other time. But Luke, who was a physician and a traveling partner with Paul, out of the 30 times, 38 times it's mentioned, he uses that word 20 times. And so there is gifts of healing. There are people that God gives that this gift to and that when they pray, the gifts of, of healing are manifest. Now, that doesn't mean if you don't have it, you don't pray. We're to pray for healing for anybody and everybody. Sometimes we mistake that and say, well, you know, I don't have that gift. It really isn't something for me. Listen, we're all called to pray for the body of Christ. We're called to pray for people and then utilize our faith. First of all, you and I have never healed anybody. Never. Not even a cough or a cold or a headache. But it's God that's the physician, not us. Our job, I like to say, is the FedEx boy or girl. We deliver the package and then God's the one that makes it happen. So we have to get uh, away from this idea that, well, I just need that gifts of healing. No, 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 no. We're all supposed to be 
uh, laying hands on people, praying for the sick, casting out the demons. That's not for a specialized group. It's for the body of Christ. And then he talks about miraculous power, an extraordinary way for the power of God to be made manifest working through you and I. Now, I want you to understand, you don't work up this power. I've known people that started jumping, shouting, praying in tongues, yelling, and screaming. I was like, what are you doing? They said, we're going to get the power of God. You don't get it by doing actions. It's a gift that's given to you. Those powers, those working powers, miraculous powers, is the work of the Holy Spirit going through you and I as a conduit, a channel to touch people with signs, wonders, and miracles. The Greek word that's used for power is dunamis, from which we get our word dynamite. It's the same word that this power that raised Jesus from the dead in 1 Corinthians. That's dunamis power. It has might, it has explosion. It disrupts the atmosphere. It disrupts families. It disrupts gatherings when the power, miraculous power of God is seen in people's lives. So I wanna give you some illustrations from scripture. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of gift, all these gifts were evident in the New Testament. They didn't die out with the last apostle. They were evident. They're evident in church history. And so if they're evident and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then we have to believe that the gifts are available for us today to be used. So in Luke chapter 5, 17 through 26, is the story of the paralytic. Now, I'm not going to go and describe the whole story. You can go back later, later and do a Bible study in this. But in verse 17, it says there was power to heal. The word is dunamis. And then in verse 17, it also has the word heal, iomai. And then in verse 20 is faith. It's pistis, the faith. So you have healing, power, and faith. Then in Luke chapter 6, verse 17 and 19, there were a multitude, and the word healed, iomai, verse 17, cured, therapeo, verse 18, power, dunamis, verse 19, healed, again, iomai, verse 19. All of those words were used when Jesus was with the multitude. The centurion slave in Luke chapter 7, one ver verses 1 through 10. Um, the word healed, therapeo, verse 3. Faith, pistis is the word, verse 9. Whenever God's gifts were evident and operating through Jesus, through the apostles, later through the 120, and then even after the 120, the body of Christ, the New Testament church moved forward in the power of the Spirit, utilizing the gifts of the Spirit so people may come to Christ, so that signs, wonders, and miracles would happen to attest to the Word of God, and those would come 
to Christ. In Luke 8, 42 through 48, the woman with the hemorrhage, she was healed. Therapeo, verse 43, there was power. Dunamis, verse 46, she was healed. Iomai, verse 47, there was faith. Pistis, verse 48. Even in sending the 12 apostles in Luke 9, he sent them out with power, dunamis. Listen, we can't heal anybody. We can't save anybody. We can't deliver those that have demons. It is through the power of this Holy Spirit that has been set as a seal inside of us. And not only that, we've been made complete. We have everything we need within us. We have all the gifts at our resources, at our availability to be used at any time and any place. He sent him out to cure, verse 1. He sent him out to heal, verse 2. And so you see that even in the New Testament, there's the evidence of the gifts of the Spirit being used. Now, I want to give the illustrations out of the Bible, even out of the Old Testament, of each of these gifts. Faith. In 1 Kings 18, you can look it up later, verses 1 through 46, is the encounter of the prophet Elijah with the prophets of Baal. And so they have a big shootout there. And so he tells the prophets of Baal to put uh, all your wood and everything on the altar and you guys call down fire. Well, you guys know the story. They start you know, chanting, oh, great gods, come down, light the fire. You know, nothing happens. And so they notch it up a, a, a notch, kind of like the church does when nothing's happening. They start dancing and yelling and screaming and, and doing all that stuff. Nothing happens. Well, they ratchet it up another notch. They start cutting themselves and letting the blood on the altar. And you know the story. Nothing happens. But Elijah says, pour water on it. Pour more water. Soak it. Saturate it. And faith rose up in him because he knew his God. And he had faith that God was a miraculous working God. And he said, call down fire. And it consumed it. It lapped up all the water and the wood. That's a faith. Acts chapter 5, the church is exploding daily. People are being added to the Lord. People are being healed, set free, delivered. Faith is rising up in that community. And they come to Acts 5 and Barnabas sells a piece of land and gives it all to, lays it at the apostles' feet to help the poor, the widows and the orphans, Ananias and Sapphira, see that and they go oh this is pretty cool oh man this is awesome a lot of accolades so they sold the land but they lied about the price and they kept back from for themselves you know the story they come in they come in and um you know they both lie and bam peter says why have you lied to god and the holy spirit today these men are going to carry you out. A power of God, and it says great fear 
sees the church, that none dare join them, but the church grew. You know, there's a scripture in Timothy that says they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of God. Maybe if the power of God was more evident in the body, it would shake non-believers to the very core. But we love our form, we love our protocol, we love our agendas more than we love seeing the power of God move. Healings. Elisha, the prophet Elisha in 2 Kings 5, 1 through 14. Um, Naaman has leprosy and comes to Elijah the prophet. He says, go dip in the Jordan seven times. Naaman gets mad. He gets ticked off and he heads out. Naaman's servant said, listen, you, you probably need to do what, what the servant of God, the prophet of God says. Finally, Naaman does it. He does it. And he comes out and his skin is like that of a baby's. Just amazing healings throughout from Genesis to Revelation. Woman with 38 years of illness and she presses through the crowd and she doesn't even say anything. She touches the hem of Jesus' garment and it says, and power, dunamis, flows out of him. And she's instantly healed. You know, even through church history, the power of God has been seen. And there have been times in church history because of doubt and unbelief, we don't see as many miracles, signs and wonders, healings, the power of God um, because of the season they were in, because of their lack of belief and trust in God's word. And miraculous power. uh, 2 Kings 20, 8 through 11 with King Hezekiah. Basically, Isaiah says, you're going to die. And so Hezekiah calls out to the Lord, weeps before him. And God says, I'm going to give you another 15 years. And Hezekiah says, I'd really like to confirm this. So they talk about, Lord, have my shadow go ahead of me 10 steps. They go, well, really, there's really not much to that. That can happen. But Lord, make my shadow go back 10 steps. And God does it as a confirmation. And Hezekiah gets 15 years more. What am I saying? I'm saying for all of us today, the gifts of the healing are for today. Miraculous powers today are for today and faith. So what can we expect? Can we expect the use of the gifts? And are we willing to be used? Again, if you don't believe they're available, okay, I'm, we can agree to disagree. But for me, I believe they are available, and I believe that God wants to use them in my life and in your life. Where are we going to use this? Wherever there's a sick person. Maybe someone in your family <clears throat> is sick. Lay hands on them and pray.
Listen, when Pam and I really began to believe God's word and began to follow what God's word said, and we had children, and Zach was our firstborn, and he had severe allergies. Many times, even the mucus within his eyes would bulge out, <clears throat> and we would take God's word and read it over him and lay hands on him and pray. And many, many times, he wasn't healed instantly. It was through medicine and through a doctor, but nonetheless, God was teaching us to trust in him and to pray for healing no matter what we saw. And over the years, we've prayed for many people to be healed. And many of them have been miraculously, instantaneously healed. Others, it's been a progression um, <clears throat> in their healing. But nonetheless, do you believe that God wants to use you? If so, just pray for people that are sick. It's not your job to heal them. You, you can't carry that burden. It's God's job. Also, when you do these and allow the gifts of the Spirit <clears throat> to operate through you, it is to confirm the gospel that is being preached, the good news. And then the other thing I challenge you with is ask God each and every day, according to 1 Corinthians 14, Lord, I desire to be used. I desire these gifts. When I started walking in things of the Spirit and I saw that verse, I started asking the Lord, Lord, I desire to be used in a word of knowledge. And that I would pray that every day. And I said, Lord, no matter how crazy it seems, no matter what people say, I'll be obedient. And God began to take me to school. I began to learn to hear his voice. I began to learn how to walk in obedience and follow his voice. I missed it many times, guys. I blew it as soon as I got a word. I blurted it out because it made me look good. It made me look super spiritual. But in reality, it was just my immaturity. And so he took me to school, and God began to use that gift, the gift of knowledge, a word of knowledge in my life. And then prophecy, words of wisdom, uh, there's been times I've interpreted tongues, and I have the gift of tongues. I use it in my prayer time, in my uh, devotion and adoration to the Lord. Many, many of my friends do not speak in tongues. It's not a point of fellowship or contention with my friends. It never has. The point of contention has usually been with the pastors that don't believe or believe that they died out and so they cut off the fellowship. It's so immature and the devil has used that. But it's available. All these gifts, what I'm saying to you today, they're av available. You don't have to fast and pray. You don't have to beg God because it's a gift that he gives. 
But here's the thing. Are you willing to use these gifts in everyday life? No matter how foolish you may look. Because God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And I believe these gifts confound the foolishness of this world. So, next week we're going to look at the utterance gifts. And again, that's a controversial subject, tongues. But I'm not taking it as a controversial subject. I'm just presenting what God's Word says. You need to be like the Bereans. You search the Word of God to see what I'm saying is true. If you agree, great. If you disagree, that's fine. But come to your own conviction based on the study of God's Word, not my opinion as your pastor. I want to just short testimony here. I grew up believing that the gifts had passed away with the last apostles. That's what I was taught in my Bible college. That's what I was taught in my church. And to be honest with you, to my shame, I never checked it out. I never searched the Word of God to see if that was true. So I really had an, my opinion was based on my pastor's uh, teachings and my professor's. But about three or four years into being a youth pastor, I just began to ask questions of the Lord and ask him, Lord, if this isn't available, where's the power? Where's what I read in Acts and the epistles? Why don't we see that today? And it was a legitimate question of my heart. So I began a journey of just opening God's Word. I didn't read commentaries from either side. I didn't listen to sermons, but I just I dove into God's Word. Hours and hours and hours of allowing the Bible to interpret itself, looking into God's Word and asking God to open my eyes and my heart. I came to the conviction that all the gifts are available for today. Now, I have many friends that don't. They have a different conviction, and I'm okay with that. But what I'm saying today, my conviction is not an opinion. And I've dialogued with many brothers over this, and they've never brought anything to me to convince me otherwise. And my conviction is this, that the gifts are available today. And God does want to use these gifts in the body of Christ to build up, to edify, to encourage, as signs to the unbelieving world. But that's my conviction. Please don't go out this week and say, well, Pastor Craig, this is what he believes, so this is what I believe. I'm challenging you to come to your own conviction. And whichever side you're on, listen. Be honest, authentic, integrous, and go to God's Word. Lay aside your preconceived ideas. Lay aside some of the teaching you may have gotten years ago and say, God, here I am. I'm a fresh page, a blank page. Holy Spirit, teach me. And He will. So I pray um, that as a body at KVC, 
We'll be open to the Holy Spirit, the moving of the Holy Spirit. We are a vineyard church. It was birthed. God used John Wimber to ignite healing in the body of Christ again. Moving of the gifts where it's not just one person, but it is the priesthood of believers operating in the gifts of the Spirit so that the world might know Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for today. I pray, Lord, that which is of my flesh would just fall to the ground and die, but that which is of the Spirit, let it come alive in the hearts of the people. Lord, help us not, KVC, I don't know about other churches, that we not walk in fear of your Spirit. Why would we ever walk in fear of your Spirit and your gifts? knowing that you're a good father and you give good gifts and the gifts of the spirit are from you. So we thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, work, speak and move in our body, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I know I went a little bit longer today, but I pray that this word will, you'll marinate, meditate on this word and allow God to speak to your heart. Next week is the utterance gifts. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. And we'll be looking at that next week. God bless. I love you guys. As your pastor, I love you. I want to shepherd this body well. But I want to bring truth. But I want to bring things that may be controversial. But that sometimes the church never talks about. We just argue about and yell and scream. So um, God is a God of order. And the Holy Spirit brings peace in the midst of chaos. Have a great week this week and let the Holy Spirit fill you. God bless.